welcome to this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne. It is Friday night, so you know what that means. We are breaking down everything you need to know for Saturday, August 7th and the 11-game featured slate that gets going just past 7 p.m. Eastern Time on DraftKings. Just a quick note about that 11-game slate. The Blue Jays-Red Sox game on that slate is a seven-inning game. It is the second leg of a doubleheader on Saturday, so just make sure you note that when thinking about stacking opportunities between two of the better offenses in the American League. Okay, before we get any deeper into that or talk about some best bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook, let's talk about prize picks. As you guys know, if you head on over to prizepicks.com, use the promo code MMNMLB, you can have your first deposit matched up to $100. We've been having a pretty good week on prize picks. Let's keep it going. And let's actually use someone I've already used this week in a similar spot. Fran Mill Reyes of Cleveland to go over 7.5 fantasy points. I like the over. You're looking at Tyler Alexander starting this game for the Tigers. In Alexander's last four starts, he's faced 55 right-handed batters. Those batters have combined for a 432 WOBA and have only struck out in 10.9% of their plate appearances. If Fran Mill Reyes, who has almost a 900 career OPS against left-handed pitching, is going to make contact, it's going to be loud contact. Almost a fifth, 20% of his batted ball events this season have been barrels. So if you've got a contact-oriented, struggling left-handed pitcher taking the mound and Fran Mill Reyes is going to get two or three plate appearances against this guy, I'm going to take the over with Fran Mill Reyes. Similar struggling pitcher motif here. Uh, let's go with Yoan Moncada to go over six fantasy points for our second play of the day on prize picks. I know, Moncada is in the midst of of a pretty nightmarish slump right now. He was 0 for 15 to begin August. He finally got a hit on Friday night, but it's not like it was all that great a final stat line. So that's why this number is as depressed as it is all the way down at six. But this matchup is just so tantalizing against Adbert Alzale. Alzale can just not get left-handed batters out. I'm not even exaggerating. The numbers are astounding. So for the season as a whole, lefties have a 424 Woba off of Alzale. In his last nine starts, he has faced 97 left-handed batters. Those plate appearances have gone to the tune of an 893 slugging percentage. Lefties in his last nine starts are averaging 6.6 home runs per nine. I had to triple-check those numbers because I did not believe that's how bad they were. But Alzale, his kryptonite, his absolute kryptonite is left-handed batters. Unfortunately, of the White Sox options we have on prize picks, the only guy who can hit from the left side of the plate is Yoan Moncada. So I'm completely dismissing the struggles. I'm completely focusing on the splits. Yoan Moncada to go over six fantasy points on Saturday, along with Fran Mill Reyes to go over seven and a half fantasy points on prize picks. Okay, let's talk about this 11-game slate. Big slate for a Saturday night. Usually we see something a little bit smaller, so a lot of pitching options. 
which means you don't necessarily have to get too crazy when you're thinking about differentiation in a GPP, but I did want to start this off by talking about you, Darvish. Now, Darvish has certainly been someone where red flags have been raised since the substance crackdown. His numbers have not been good. His past five starts, 7.36 ERA, opponents are slugging 621, and he's giving up 3.2 home runs per nine. Rough stuff. Not really the kind of stat line or the recent track record that you would want for a guy who's $10,100, but guess what? That means no one's going to want to use you, Darvish, on Saturday, and he's still you, Darvish. Even with the struggles in those five starts, he's striking out over 30% of opponents, 27 strikeouts in 25 and two-thirds innings pitch. So the upside is still there, and it's also Arizona. I think maybe that's the most compelling argument. The Diamondbacks, especially considering what they gave up at the deadline, saying bye to Eduardo Escobar, their last two weeks, they've got a 128 isolated power, just a 76 WRC+. They can't hit. And if you, Darvish, can't get the Diamondbacks out, we might just have to cancel him for the rest of the season in terms of his viability. But this is last chance saloon with you, Darvish. No one's going to use this guy because he's been terrible. In a GPP, I think it's a pretty good idea because, look, Brandon Woodruff is the safe play at $9,900. The Giants have been striking out more than any other team in baseball the last two weeks, up over 26%. So Woodruff is the floor play. He is the reliable option. And people are going to go with Woodruff. No one's going to use Darvish. And he's still you, Darvish. So I'm going to put a little faith that Darvish can turn things around against the Diamondbacks. There's risk, obviously, but sometimes you got to get a little risky. Sometimes you do in a GPP. Okay, Charlie Morton is probably an option people are going to be more, uh, you know, willing to use on Saturday. He's $9,400. His last eight starts have been very good. 3.17 ERA, 3.31 FIP, holding opponents to a 259 WOBA in that span of time. And he's got a 30.3% strikeout rate across those eight starts. And actually, he's had at least six strikeouts in seven of those eight starts. So the consistency has really been there for Morton start to start. And much like you, Darvish, he draws just one of the best possible matchups you could get in the second half of the season, and that is a Washington Nationals team that has basically thrown up the white flag and given up. Now, they've actually hit a little bit better than I would have expected the past week since the trade deadline, but they've also faced some really bad teams. I'm looking at you, Chicago Cubs, where Charlie Morton is a really good pitcher. The numbers have been great so far this season. All of the ERA estimators back up what we've seen in terms of the surface stats. And big thing here, really the only good hitter, the only above average hitter on the Nationals roster right now, we could debate Josh Bell, I guess, is Juan Soto. And Juan Soto did not play on Friday. He's nursing a knee issue. Uh, He got that running the bases on Thursday. If you're the Nationals, you're really being careful with someone like Juan Soto right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he's not in the lineup again on Saturday. And that Nationals lineup, when you take Juan Soto out, starts to look really bad. It was already bad, but really bad. Just a little extra bad. So if there's no Juan Soto, I think Charlie Morton is probably my favorite play on this slate at 9,400. Again, that 30.3% strikeout rate, his past eight starts, that is just a level of upside that you don't get a lot of, especially below 10K. Okay, 
Let's go way down the board to a value play. Austin Gomber, $6,600. I actually think this game between the Marlins and the Rockies is going to be a place where a lot of people might try and go to save some money at pitcher, even though it's at Coors Field, because you've got Gomber at 6-6, and you've also got Jesus Lazardo at 6500 He looked all right in his first start with the Marlins, the control issues, the walks, that's still kind of plaguing him. I don't know if I would trust him at Coors Field, but Gomber's done enough for me to, trust is a strong word, but like to, to like him on Saturday. Uh, he's got a 1.98 ERA at home, so far in 2021, he's holding opponents to a 240 Woba at Coors Field. Yes, the BAPIP is ridiculously low. The FIP says that he's pitched just as well on the road as he has at home. He's just getting a little bit lucky. Still, he's had success at Coors Field. He's pitched well there. He's going to come into this game confident. And again, the Marlins, like the Diamondbacks, like the Nationals, they can't hit. It doesn't matter if they're at Coors Field. They just can't hit. Coming into Friday's slate. Since the All-Star break, the Marlins, 24% strikeout rate, just an 89 WRC+. plus. That is the second lowest mark in the National League in that span of time. So, Gomber, really cheap. Not someone who's probably going to get 30 DraftKings points, even in a perfect world. But at 6,600, he can reach 3x value just by getting to 20 DraftKings points, which I think he can do against the Marlins. Okay, let's talk some stacks. We're going to start with the obvious one and then maybe try to, like, circumvent the norm. Make up for that with the second stack, but we have to talk about the Reds. The Reds' offense has been incredible the past two weeks, and they're adding pieces. They got Nick Castellanos back on Thursday. They got Mike Moustakis back on Friday. This is now a complete Reds team, and they demolished the Pirates on Friday night. I think we see a similar script against Mitch Keller at Great American Ballpark on Saturday. Oh my God, Mitch Keller at Great American Ballpark. That is, who? that is a DFS dream right there. Uh, Mitch Keller, 380 Woba to opponents so far this season, has a 6.05 expected ERA. So this is a really tough team to stack like the top four guys because they're just so expensive. You've got Winker up over 6K. You've got Moustakis up over 6K. You've got Votto up over 6K, but you've got Jonathan India batting leadoff, and he's been incredible since the beginning of July. Uh, he's relatively affordable for a leadoff hitter in a spot where the run expectancy is going to be so high. Farmer, who's been on fire since the beginning of June, and he comes in at a relatively reasonable price as well. And then the pricing algorithm really hasn't adjusted for Nick Castellanos since he got hurt, so he's still relatively cheap as well on Saturday. So maybe you only get one of those 6K guys, but there's enough other pieces in the top half, top six of that Reds lineup that should do really well against Mitch Keller. Uh, the cheaper stack, let's go with the Orioles going up against Shane McClanahan. McClanahan's really good. I don't really have anything negative to say about McClanahan, but he is left-handed. And if we've learned anything through the first four and a half months of this season, it's that the Orioles can hit left-handed pitching. Cedric Mullins has a 154 WRC+. Plus. He's 4,800. Trey Mancini, he's 4,900. He's got a 146 WRC+. Plus. Pedro Severino, he's 3,700. He's got a 133 WRC+, plus against Southpaws this season. And then the big prize is Austin Hayes, who is $2,600. He's got a 142 WRC+, plus against lefties in 2021. And he will be batting second against McClanahan on Saturday. Another thing to note here, the Rays, for as good as they are, 
lot of lot of injuries in that bullpen right now. So not saying it's like highly susceptible, but this is not the best version of the Rays bullpen we've ever seen. So maybe we can get some production from the Orioles past the sixth inning in this contest. Okay, before we get out of here, let's finish up with some best bets and let's start in the afternoon. So this is an early start game. Make sure to bet this one early if you want in. I like the Mets on the money line on Saturday. I know the Mets have been reeling. They have not been hitting the last two weeks. However, they're probably going to be motivated in this contest. They just lost the NL East lead to the Phillies by losing 4-2 on Friday night. They are minus 115 on the money line. And the pitching matchup to me just seems really advantageous towards the Mets. It's Taylor McGill up against Ranger Suarez. Now, Suarez is actually throwing the ball really well in 2021, but he's done it out of the bullpen. And all of a sudden, he's been converted into a starter, which is, I guess, fine in the long term. But right now, he was able to throw three innings in his first start of the season, but that's only because he had to face nine hitters. He retired all nine. He only used three, 33 pitches. That's like a perfect world kind of thing. He's probably only going to throw another two or three innings in this game. And then that's six innings, seven innings of work that the rest of this Phillies bullpen has to cover. The Phillies bullpen since the All-Star break has a 5.13 FIP. That is the fourth highest mark in baseball in that span of time. Conversely, the Mets are 6-2 and two when McGill starts so far this season, and it makes sense because he's got a 2.40 expected ERA in those eight starts. So I will lean with the Mets. I will lean with McGill, minus 115 on the money line. Let's also go with the Astros run line at plus 100. The pitching matchup in this game, Luis Garcia against Michael Pineda. Two guys that really are kind of just moving in opposite directions. I know Garcia's had some rocky outings his past two trips to the mound, but those were both on the road. This game's in Houston. Garcia has a 2.24 ERA at home so far in 2021. Pineda, since June 1st, has an ERA over 5, and he's only striking out 14.2% of opponents. You don't want to let the Astros make that much contact. They're already going to make a ton of contact. I mean, Pineda might not even get a strikeout in this game, the way things are trending. So, a lot of batted ball events, a lot of contact. I feel like the Astros are going to be able to rack up some runs. And it's also important to note, the Twins have been the worst run line team in baseball by a wide margin this season. They are the only team that has failed to cover on the run line in less than 40% of their games. That's how bleak it is. There's a wide gap between 30th and 29th when it comes to run line. So I will take the Astros plus 100 at minus one and a half. Go with the Mets at minus 115 as well. And that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and I will see you guys next week.